Assalamu alaikum everyone. So after my last episode, which was a discussion of the different journal entries throughout my life, I had so many different topics that I felt like I needed to talk about and also hearing feedback from you guys, I felt like I should also discuss. And this topic in particular is a topic that I struggle with really my entire life. This is something that I still struggle with and going through, especially nowadays. And I don't know, it's just, it's not easy, but it's a topic that I haven't heard a lot about. So I'm making this episode today is going to be the fear of fearing and this may sound confusing to some people and what you will hear about is people telling you don't fear anyone don't be scared of anyone and that's very true but what people don't talk about is the fear that you have that you will be in a state of fear so that psychological pattern that happens when you know you will be in a state of fear and the fear that comes before that and I feel like that's a very very tricky discussion it's a little bit complicated but it's something that I went through in a very very big phase of my life I still go through it I think it's I feel like it is a part of life for all of us really it's human nature so this episode is obviously all of them reminder of me first before anyone else so the things that I'm going to tell you are things that I'm still trying to work through myself so I'm not going to act like a hypocrite and be like oh yeah I've done all this and I'm perfect now no but we're working through it so in my opinion, when it, the discussion comes to fear, I feel like fear is a top of all subjects and underneath of fear are branches. And those branches are depression, anxiety, sadness, negativity, and those type of things. And I'll tell you why. Anxiety is the fear of what will happen or the fear of what had happened. Now, when the discussion comes to depression, I feel like depression is an accumulation of lots of things. It's an accumulation of sadness, anxiety, bad hardships, things that happen. And after those hardships, you also, in that depression, had anxiety of what will happen or you had anxiety of what had happened. So these two link up and go together. So with depression, there's a lot of fear because you fear, where will my life take me? What will happen to me? How will I move on from this? I can't go on from this. And what happens in depression is you subconsciously live in the fear of the trauma that happened to or the bad things that happened to you the hardship that made you come to this lowest point that now you fear this low point and since you fear the low point that you're sitting at you believe that you can't achieve a higher order of yourself so in depression fear is also present in the manner that you like to believe that this low point has control over you this low point of sadness depression anxiety has control over you and this low point is something you can't go by this is it you cannot reach this and you can't go past this so you think that the high point is unattainable and the low point is like your ceiling and you can't go above it you can't break that roof again there's fear in that you are fearing what may happen if you do jump the roof if you do break that low point so there's fear with sadness when something happens of course it's normal to be sad that's human being nature you're sad about something but then the question comes down to how long you're gonna be sad about it something happened for five minutes in your day made you sad okay you're sad about it for a month, sad about it for two months, sad about it for a day, sad about it for one hour. You get to decide. Now, of course, it also depends on the sadness ratio. Now, if you lost someone you love, of course, you're going to be sad for quite some time. But the question comes down to, will your sadness be the thing that manipulates you and also causes you fear? And I have an episode on this where I ask you, are your own manipulator? And if you feel like you need that, then check that out. But that's where that discussion comes from. So all things subconsciously revolve around fear. And when I was growing up, and even now, you know, like two, three, maybe a week ago, I guess you could say, a couple days back, 
I was so fed up and I was like, how do I get rid of fear? How do I get rid of fear? And I've had these moments quite a lot in my life where I feared lots of different things. And I think we all do, you know, school, home life, family, friends. Like, how do I show respect to people that may disrespect me? How do I show respect to people that may completely obliterate my boundaries and not treat me right? And there's a lot of fear that goes into that. And I don't share those things on here because some of those things, (laughs) those are not things to be speaking about. But everyone has those things. So I can tell you that I'm speaking from the perspective that you probably had in your heart too and you don't tell anyone. We all have those things. So when the discussion comes down to, well, how can you eliminate fear forever? You can't. But let me tell you one thing. A lot of people will tell you that if you fear Allah and if you trust in Allah, you won't have fear. And I 1000% agree. But here's the thing. You also need to remember that as a human being, your nature has a little bit of fear in it. Now, fear has levels. There's level one, you know, human nature fear just oh my god i'm nervous what will happen okay whatever the situation works out situation doesn't work out whatever it is you accept god that move on right and there's level two where the fear is something that you sit there and you think about day and night and then you wake up in the morning you're having a bad day because of it you know you can't you feel like sometimes it's hard to breathe you get anxiety attacks level three is where you have absolutely lost your sanity you can't breathe you feel like you're hyperventilating all the time you can't put your mind onto anything and for a very very long time in my life i lived on fear three and i lived on fear three for approximately i don't even know how many years lots and lots and lots and lots of years and i never knew that because at one point it became a personality trait it became a part of me to the point that my first instinct when anything happened was to react and fear level three so i lived like that for a very long time and then now recently especially now that i'm older and i always tell you guys to work on the things that you don't like about yourself and one thing that i don't like about myself is fear level three and that honestly is something i try to work on but Level three fear, honestly, for me, came down when I started to gain Iman. Because on level three, I feel like one of the big problems that we all have is you don't have faith. You're kind of panicking. You're like, what's going to happen? Am I going to die? What's going to like go like this? And what if th- what if I lose this? Like, you have so many questions. And you're sitting there weeks upon weeks, not sleeping, panicking. Like, what's going to happen? That your mind and your heart doesn't remember that there's a God that will take care of it for you. On level two and one, I feel like that's very present for the most part. And especially on level one, it's present. You know that there's a God that will take care of your fears and take care of you and whatnot. But on level three, I feel like especially when you're far away from the deen, you're going to have lots of anxiety. I mean, we're told that if you turn away from Allah, you're going to have a miserable life. So a lot of times people turn away from Allah and then they're very miserable. They have lots of anxiety. They have lots of depression, lots of sadness. And they're like, what's happened to me? Why is this happening to me? Well, first of all, the rule is already said. You turn away from God, you're going to live a miserable life. So now you're trying to make your life unmiserable by doing miserable things that will lead you in a ditch. So it's it's a cycle. Um, and... Like I said, I lived on fear level three for quite a few years. And one of the worst years probably in my life would be 10th grade year. It was so bad. I mean, I'm always open about the fact that like I struggled with certain tests in school that were very difficult for me. Lots of fear revolved around those. I used to wake up crying, I used to go to bed crying. I used to be really sad about a lot of things. And the fear accumulated so much in me that sometimes when I used to take tests, I used to just burst out crying mid like the test. But like no one used to see me. I used to just be like, tears dripping right i remember this one time in particular it was my english class and my english teacher oh my god she was so strict she was so strict okay she whooped you into shape but like it wasn't pleasant it was not a fun experience i don't have anything as a teacher the course itself was just like okay i i 
if you put me in that class today, two years later, I'd still be like, I don't know what to tell you. Because that was hard. Hard. It wasn't like no normal 10th grade English. Let's read some Macbeth. No. She was god and the crazy part was i used to ask like other people from other teachers like hey are y'all learning this syllabus like are y'all learning this They're like um we touched base on it but we didn't do that much and i was like ah, what is why am i here and i was just so upset about it but her class in particular was so hard and there was this one day where i was having a really bad day like it was such a bad day and i was crying i had lots of fear about the way that certain things would work out i was panicking you know, I was just crying, 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 really upset, had a migraine from crying, had a headache from crying, eyes were swelling, glasses were filled with tears, like, it was just not good, okay, it was not good, and I go into her class, second period, so it's the first thing in the morning, second period, really, after the first period, and I walk in, and she goes, okay, we have a test, it's 40 questions, something like that, and I was like, no like I, I didn't even know what to say at that point I was just like this is not the moment and her tests were the type of test that you really couldn't even study for like that unless I go with those vocabulary tests but that's different like her other tests they weren't tests that you could really study for and so I sat down and I was like ah, all right and I started taking the test and midway like I had so much on my mind already and I was like panicking and already I had so much going on within me that I was looking at this test and I was like, if I fail this test, I'm gonna my average is gonna drop. Then I had a fear of my average dropping. Then I had a fear of what will happen once my average drops. What will I do? How will I graduate? Like, what's gonna happen? Will I pass this class? Like, the fear took me like a hundred levels, baby. This was one test, and it was like February. Okay, I had lots of time to fix my grade <laughs> till May. But this one test created these levels and levels and levels of fear in me that I got such bad anxiety that I started to like cry, and. Bro, I'm not, I can't even. I can't even lie to you, bro. The tears were on the scantron. The tears were on the bubble sheet, and I was trying to bubble in my answers, but like my tears were just like <laughs> they would just stop the pencil from rubbing it in, just bawling my eyes out. And midway, I was like, I, I give up. I can't do this. And I just went through whatever, whatever, and I just bubbled whatever. And then I sat there, and that was the first day in my life that I really realized that. My mentality is very, very bad. That was the day that I was brutally honest with myself. And I was like, my mentality, it was not good. And I feel like there's nothing wrong with being honest about that. My mentality wasn't good. I used to degrade myself mentally. I used to compare myself mentally. And I was very, very vicious on myself. And brutally honest, my mental health was bad. And I mentally was not a good person. I always used to think the worst of every single situation. Anytime anyone put a test in front of me, I used to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to fail this. Oh yeah, this, I'm going to fail oh my god, just talk about to make my heart heavy, but oh my god, like, I'm gonna fail this, like, it's still, I'm not gonna pass this, this is not gonna work out for me, like, I'm telling you, like, even as a joke with your friends, that stuff catches on to you, and that's what I did my entire life, and when I got the test back, you can laugh at that, I got, like, a 44, I mean, okay, it's funny now, but it was humiliating in the moment, I was like, 44 and she was like pulling all of us out to like talk about the test sometimes and I told her I was just like girl I don't know my brain wasn't at it she's like okay you know go sit down she was not really the type that you would do communication with so I mean I passed the class it worked out great in the end but that was the first day where I really was like okay I got problems I need some fixing and I feel like that was also the first day of my life where I really realized that 
I have a mindset that I have nailed in my brain and I'm not changing it. And I was like, well, how can I change it? And then I started to think, okay, well, I'll just think more better about myself. And I'll just start to think that I'll pass everything and I will. And I tried to do that and it didn't work. Because practically saying it and doing it is two different things. I can sit there and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to tell myself that I'm going to pass this test and I'm going to pass this test. But then actually believing that you have the capability to do it and that fear won't overcome you is two different things. And I didn't have that. So trust me, my mindset only got fixed maybe like last year. So it took some time. And even now I struggle with it. But it's that's just how it is. It's how it is. You get to become what you like to think you would become and you get to predict the way that you end up. So that was the day. And then I went home and I was just crying, bawling my eyes out. And I, it wasn't even the test. I was just tired. I had so many other things going on. And I was just so flustered with life. So as time went on, you know, I continued to fail things. And then I had a science class also. And it was some higher level and it was so hard. Um, <laughs> it was hard. Okay, it was hard. And that too, I kept the same mindset that, oh my God, put this test in front of me and I'm going to fail. And my teacher, he always said, like, why do you think of yourself like that? Why do you always say stuff like that? You know, he was a really positive person. He was not a pessimist at all. I was a really big pessimist. And he was like, you shouldn't say that. Like, isn't this your passion? I was like, this ain't my passion. Put put that away from me. This ain't my passion. This is not the passion. Okay. I had no passion at that point. So it was just one of those things where like everyone used to tell me like, oh, don't think about that like that. But I also had friends that kind of subconsciously put me to the point where I had to degrade myself. And it was like, like humor. But now that I look back at it, it's not funny. It's not even funny as a joke to like be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to feel that. I'm, I'm so dumb. Don't don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Because your mind, you really what you project, what you say about yourself, your mind, it takes it in. Okay. In your mind's not be like, oh, yeah, that was a joke. He, that was a joke. Let's laugh it out. No, no. It's going to take it in. And if you continuously have the same joke, the same phrase on the top of your tip about how you're like this and how you're like this and how you're a bad person and how you're dumb, that's what you're going to become. That's how you are going to be. I grew up in really my entire life believing that I'm horrible at math. And this is a funny story. And I'm saying like horrible. At third grade, I had a tutor. Third grade. It's very little, okay? At the, what are you doing in third grade? Like, denominators? I don't even know. I had a tutor at third grade for math. And why? I'll tell you the whole story. So it started off kindergarten, first grade, second grade. Like, I wasn't just, you know, I just wasn't really that great at homework, at math. Math was never my thing. I just didn't enjoy it. Now, there's a difference between not enjoying it and still holding accountability and getting it done, Right. I just didn't enjoy it. And since I didn't enjoy it, I thought, okay, well, I'm stupid at it because I don't enjoy it. I liked English. I enjoyed English. I was good at English. But I was like, okay, well, I don't enjoy this, which means I'm probably not good at it, which is a bad mindset. There's a lot of things in life that you'll have to do that you probably don't like, but you will be good at. But that doesn't mean you will pursue it for the rest of your career, right? So this was one of those things. And then growing up, since I did not give a flying crap about it, I never wanted to put any effort towards it. So when third grade, fourth grade really came and, you know, that's like, you know, when you start to do, I don't know, long division, stuff like that. I don't know. I used to do my homework with my mom. And, you know, that's 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 a different pressure. If you have busy parents, bro, doing homework with them, different pressure. But that pressure really puts you into shape, bro. That pressure disciplines you. Whatever. Different pressure. I was doing okay. But then, you know, at one point, my younger brother was born, alhamdulillah. And then she 
you know, she how is she going to have time for me, whatnot. So I also didn't want to go to her to do my homework because the pressure was too much. And then eventually I just wasn't doing good in school because, again, I just did not give a flying crap. That My mom was like, oh, you know what, you need a tutor. And she thought, like, okay, two months, she'll whoop into shape and then she'll be fine. Um, I, I did everything to get out of that tutor. I used to do my homework. It used to be just a 30-minute session, but boy, were those excuses piling out. I have a headache today. I'm tired today. I have no homework today. And I felt bad now that I think about it, but I was little, okay? And some days I actually did have a headache. But basically, too many excuses. And I, again, did not care. Again, my tutor was just kind of like, oh, if you don't learn this, you know, it's not going to be good for you, da-da-da. Like, you're going to need this in life. And he was right, you do need some of it. But growing up, being in that environment, I had this one, I don't, I don't want to say anything in particular, but I had friends that were a lot more different than me they were very different in the way that they dressed very different in the way that they act and this is just third fourth grade and it was very common for them to belittle me and that was something i just saw but they were like in, in a joking manner but you know like that that makes an impact on your brain and so after failing a few math tests just because you know maybe i didn't know the thing i automatically assumed that okay i'm dumb at math i am dumb in general and that's what my mindset took me to because i thought to myself well i don't know this which means that as an overall me as an individual as a person with a brain useless and what that happened was nothing in my life made me change that mindset so i went through fifth grade like that i went through sixth grade like that and in sixth grade seventh grade i used to live in new york and i had my close friends i believe and they were good at math and then they used to just help me so i was never put in that position to be forced now it's not that i didn't try i i did try especially especially when i got to middle school to force myself to learn and do better in it i forced myself a lot i literally used to be doing homework on the bus used to be trying to learn from my friends but the point came down to that i wasn't i wasn't good at it that's just it i wasn't good at it i had a teacher in sixth grade and it was the lunch period that we had her so she was always ready to run to lunch and then when i got my parent teacher conference i had a 40 in her class and my mom comes to sit down with her and she goes, oh, you know, she tries, but I don't know what to tell you. Like, you know, whatever, whatever. And I had like a 40 something in her class. And I was just, I didn't go to that parent-teacher conference. I was like, yeah, baby, I'll, I'll eat. I'll get the whooping at home. I'll take her on home because I'm not about to do that there. Mom came home. She had the report card folded up and it was just in her purse. And she didn't say a word to me. And I ran down. I go in her bag and I take out the report card. And it's like 44 or something like that. And I was like, I was like, that actually got printed? Why is she rounded up? Why is she giving me a 90 somehow? But she didn't. She wasn't supposed to anyway. But my mom didn't say anything to me. And then later on in the evening, she goes, I can't even remember from the top of my head, but she didn't mention it. And she was just like, oh, what's going on in there? And I was like, I just don't get it. Like, I hate it. It's like, okay, let's get you that tutor again. Got that tutor again. Same dude. Um, started tutoring me again. And he's like, you need to learn this. You don't know this. You're not going to be able to go to high school. And, and then what happened was subconsciously, I started to have the fear that, oh my God, if I don't learn this, like I'm not good at math, I'm going to fail in life. Like if I'm not good at math, I'm not good at this subject right now. When I go to high school, I'm going to get a whooping. Like it's done. I'm going to be a dropout. It's not going to work out. So what happened was I created a fear from this. And it started at a very young age from like third grade when you're like, I don't know, 11, 10, 12 
and it went on till I was nearly 17. So what happened is in the beginning, it starts off as a childish thing. But then as you grow older and you see that, okay, I'm not good at this. I've never been good at this. I've been trying to be really good at this and spend endless hours at it. And, you know, I'm working all the time trying to study, do extra problems, but I'm not good at this. Then it says in your brain that I'm dumb as an overall individual because I can't conquer this. So then you start to create a fear of this thing. And then that's where the fear of math came into me, where I was like, oh my God, like I'm, I'm, I suck at this. And because of that fear, I thought that I was dumb overall now i know that this may sound funny but the people that get it that get it you know like there's a lot of people in life that strive for academic validation i was one of those people and when you strive for academic validation you know like math is one of the hard things math is one of those things that it will rub your ac- academic validation worth in the dust because when you fail at it and you put your worth towards academic validation you'll be like you'll always get run over especially by math and so i was one of those people that didn't know myself outside of school so that became a problem And as life went on, you know, seventh grade, same story. And I moved midway of seventh grade to where I stay now in Georgia. And when I moved, bro, it just, mm, that also janked me up because that was when like the worst depression of my life started, where I got taken in the worst wrath of my life that ended like recently, like a year, two years ago. And it's still things that I heal from really bad. You know, like you're literally moving to a state where you have no family, no cousins, no relatives, no friends, nobody, empty air, bro, empty air, nobody, we knew nobody here and just packed up everything and moved. My dad knew like one college friend, that's it. But even that wasn't like family. So it was, it was different, you know, and no family, knew nothing here, packed up, moved here and oh my god it was so bad i remember the first years in particular when it was my first day of school when i got here um i think second semester started and my first class of the day was math right how great math and the teacher she was short and she was very very strict but she was kind but she was strict and i come in and i don't know if you if y'all know this but in the south when you talk to a teacher you have to say yes ma'am and i was like why is everyone doing that Especially in New York. I don't know what schools y'all be going to New York. But like in New York, they don't care. Like you're not, there's no formality. And then when I moved here, you know, they have like people were talking to the teacher. And they were like, okay, yes, ma'am, we'll get it done. And I was like, ma'am, what are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? That's so weird. And I did not ever say yes, ma'am, for like a solid, probably never in my life. Like I was really respectful and kind to them. But like that was just weird. Like it's just Okay, I bet there's someone listening to this right now and be like, oh my gosh, she's so disrespectful. It's just a New York thing, okay? If you really grew up in New York, like, you know, like, we don't say that there, okay? We just don't do that. Like, we'll respect you and we'll talk to you in a respecting tone, but like, yes, ma'am. Like, that's that's just weird, okay? That's just corporate. That, that just gives me job. Like, when you work at a job, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's different, you know? Like, if, if you're working at a job, like, I'm in school. It was just weird, okay? So... Everyone used to be like, yes, ma'am, you know, whatever, whatever. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Anyway, coming in the first day and she's teaching something really confusing. And already I'm like, oh, God, it's my first day here. And she's referring like, oh, we learned about this last semester. Last semester I wasn't there. Last semester I was in New York bugging my classes, getting bagels every morning. So I was already lost. And it was just not a good experience. And when I first got there, it was giving very much Disney Channel because... 
everyone was like, who is she? Because all these people have went to school together since kindergarten and they haven't had anyone really new join them. And they're like, where are you from? What school did you come from? Like, are you from? I was like, no, I'm from New York. And then they're like, silence. And I was just like, don't mess with me. Like, don't, don't try that stuff with me. I'm not in the mood for that. And I knew that some of them were talking about me. It was very evident. It was the first day. Everyone had something to say about me. And I was just like, don't even try. Like, I was so, I was really, I was really like a, I don't want to say hot-headed, but I was always ready to, you know, if something went down, like, I, I'd, I'd be ready. I was that type of person. And I wasn't as gentle and patient as I am now. But I was always ready. I was like, oh, don't try me. Because I will, like, I will do anything that needs to be done. Anyway, I had people talk about me. I didn't care. That was just, you know, beginning, like, first day. Like, okay, she's some random girl from New York. Who does she think she is? Whatever. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Anyway, packing up, moving on. Um, Math. Didn't get it. And the teacher pulls me over and she gives me like this big math packet and she's like, okay, this is some of the stuff we've been doing. Revise it. Let me know if you have questions. The whole thing was confusing. I was like, what's going on? What is this? What is this? What is this? Back at square A, got that tutor again. Tutor teaches me, understood it, went to the test, flunked it because I was scared of it. And what happened was slowly but surely throughout my environment and also throughout what was going on with me, I was just scared. I was always scared, like, what's going to happen today? I'm going to go to school today. I don't like being here. And then that one day, in particular, I woke up in the morning, and I got ready like usual, and I ate breakfast, and everyone left the house except my mom. And, oh, my God, this is such a sad day. And my mom was like, okay, you know, let's go. And I was like, all right. And I grabbed my book bag, and I started to burst out and cry. And I started crying so much. And she was like, what's wrong? Did something happen? Did you hurt yourself? Da, da, da. And I was like, I don't want to be here. Just take me back to New York. Like, I miss my best friends. Like, there's nothing for me here. I don't see a reason to be here. Why did you bring us here? And, you know, she hugged me. And she was like, oh, when you have family, you don't need any of that. Don't worry. Like, you know, we'll care for you. What not, what not, what not. I mean, you know. At the time, my mom was also mentally very distressed because she also didn't have anyone here. Anyway, I go to school that day. And that was another day in my life where another red flag was like, when at a younger age, where I was kind of like, okay, I have problems with the fact that I'm lonely. I have a fear of being lonely. That's the day when I kind of learned that in around seventh and eighth grade year. Then 10th grade was really when it stimulated my brain. I was like, oh, I got problems. Like, I got problems. And throughout life, you know, throughout all the grades that I went through, just dealing with math or schoolwork or dealing with teachers that gave me a hard time, I learned that I was very much in fear of not being academically validated, which ruined my life because I started to think that I have to wake up every morning and if I don't come home with a hundred, I don't come home with the goodness that day I'm worth a zero. And if you've never academically validated yourself, you're not gonna understand this at all. You're gonna laugh at this. But if you have, you're gonna you're gonna understand this. You will. Trust me. This is for the people that will. But that's how the situation worked out for me. So after 10th grade year when I realized like girl got some problems 11th grade year came and I've talked about this a lot like throughout this year you're just entering high school bad friends bad choices and since I was already so depressed I was just kind of like uh you know who cares but what happens is when you are depressed it again roots from a lot of fear and I had a lot of fear so I had a lot of fear of dropping people that I was around had a lot of fear of failing and since I had a fear of failing I kept failing I had a lot of fear of being around bad people and since I kept keeping that fear I was around a lot of bad people you know why? Because since I kept those fears, I thought that I would be able to achieve and get nothing more than that because I let those fears be a bracket around me. And when you let something be a bracket around you, what happens is you live within the bracket and that bracket gives you whatever it wants to give you and you take it. You know why? Because you're scared. That's the problem. 
So what happens is you are fearing the of, of fear. You're fearing what will happen when I leave. You're fearing what will happen when I'm put in a situation where I don't know what to do. And what happens when you don't know what to do? You have fear because you don't know what to do. So you see how it's a cycle that kind of spins around to the same thing? So a lot of people, they also know that they have the potential to become a higher order of themselves, but they're too scared of becoming that person because they know the changes that are required to become that person is uncomfortable. Not to mention, again, the aspect of fear is present in that. The one thing that I really learned in, you know, between family, school, having bad friends, and oh my God, being around drama. Drama is the worst thing. Let me tell you something. People that talk to you about people will most likely talk about you to other people. That's number one. And recently, no matter how big, how small, whatever your friend group is, you will always you will always notice the discussion of someone else coming up when they're absent. And especially recently, like, I'm friends with, you know, alhamdulillah, good, like, school acquaintances, you know what I'm saying? Like, I hang out with them in school and whatnot. And I've had those people talk to me about other people. And they'll be like, oh, this person did this to me. And this person did that to me. And then this happened. And this and this is like going on a tangent. And I won't ever interrupt them and be like, oh, my God. Like, really? Like, I'll just kind of like sit out. And I'll just kind of be thinking in my head. And then sometimes I always ask them a question among these lines. Kind of like, why did you do that? Or what made you act the way that you act? Or why did this happen for this to happen? Like, I'll always kind of ask them a question. And instantly they get really defensive. They go, why are you asking me that? I didn't do anything bad. It wasn't bad intentions. And they start getting aggressive about and defensive about the fact that they didn't mean to do anything bad and i'm like well i never said you did anything bad that's the thing when people ask you or even tell you to question your own actions and when you sit there let a night question your own actions as to why you did what you did you instantly think it's a bad thing and i feel like that is something that we should really get out of our heads questioning your actions and questioning your patterns and why you do what you do isn't a bad thing you're just understanding yourself you're understanding who you're becoming now there's certain situations that the way that people treated you and the way that maybe you acted was completely out of character you were in your correct sanity whatever right but your everyday lifestyle the everyday patterns the way that you treat people who you hang out with who you talk to who you respect whatever the way that you go about that, you should understand those patterns and why are you doing it the way that you're doing it. One of the big ones should always be the fact that God has told you to always be pleasant and kind to almost everyone. So that's number one. Secondly, whenever people are talking about, you know, someone else, I feel like the best thing that I've really learned is like, just sit there and be silent. Just be like, mm -hmm, yeah, I, I get you. A lot of people, sometimes they just want something and someone to just vent to. Like they just want to let it out. And so you let it out. And if they ask you for advice, then you just kind of have to be really swerving around the bush. Do not criticize the person they're talking about. Don't criticize them. I'm just kind of like, you know, you should maybe take a break or a distance from this. You don't know how they feel. You're a little bit confused on how you feel. So take a step back. And as much as people don't like hearing this advice, that's exactly what they end up doing rationally themselves later on because what some people do is when they're in drama with someone else they constantly poke at that drama or they constantly talk about it with like a bajillion different people and they poke at it poke at it poke at it until it explodes and all this goes down then what happens eventually they distance away from themselves they distance away from whoever they had drama with so why not do that initially why not initially take the step for yourself save yourself the mental sanity and the breakdown save yourself all of that bad stuff that comes with drama and comes with gossiping and whatnot and just take a step back there's nothing wrong with taking a step back what is wrong with taking a step back from people you love there's nothing wrong with that you could still treat them the same but you need to evaluate more as to why are you around them and what makes you want to hang around them there's nothing wrong with understanding why you act the way that you act and there's nothing wrong with understanding and making accountability for the way that you choose to carry yourself so that is very important you need to put that into perspective one thing that i've also learned over the years is that when you really want something you really want something no matter what happens you will obtain it that's exactly why today when i sit here and i hear people who 
I just even think about like my past, like people have hurt me a bajillion times and had excuses a bajillion times. I feel like the question comes down to how bad do you want it? Because look, if you want to become someone like this, like someone amazing, good, great, on the dean, whatever, you want to become, you know, whatever your dream you is, but you're so scared of becoming that person and you're so in love with what you have right now, with who you are with right now or whatever is with you right now, you are just so consumed by it that you are too scared to become this person. You don't want it bad enough. You can't change my mind and let me tell you why. Because when you really want something bad enough, regardless of how hard it is, regardless of how scary it is, regardless of how dark it is, that journey is a journey that you will take regardless of whatever happens in life. Because you will know that if you want to obtain this, you will have to love yourself more in order to let go and lose the things that don't serve you anymore and that's the thing people think that losing is always an l you don't take an l cutting off people you don't take an l losing someone you know that because sometimes you need to lose people to love yourself there's this common misconception that every single person that you cut off in your life are toxic people or that every single person that you distance yourself away are toxic people and to an extent yes because if someone's good you wouldn't distance yourself away from them but you also need to evaluate your own actions are you perhaps the one that's toxic are you perhaps the one that's bad? Are you perhaps the one that starts drama? You need to ask yourself these questions. And that's exactly where that discussion comes in again of accountability and looking at why you do what you do. So when you are 100% firm in the fact that I'm trying my best in every single situation that I do, I try not to talk bad about people. I try to be mindful about the deen in Islam. When I communicate and associate with people, I try to be mindful of how I carry myself and the way that I respect others. And you know that you're doing everything in your 100% best power to be a good individual. Then you look at the way that other people act. If you see that they're acting very, very negatively towards you and they're not benefiting you anymore, then what's the fear of letting these people go if they're not even serving you anymore? you cut them off you go ahead you attain the higher order of yourself because you have got to want it bad enough to let go of whatever may make you fear what is going to happen when you do let it go sometimes fear is nothing more than a form of oppression there are certain people that will oppress you unintentionally by causing you fear by causing you of what will happen if you cut them off they will make such scenarios in your brain and they will make such things work out in a way that you'll think like wow if i let them go if i if this happens this happens like you know I won't be able to go on. You get so scared by the oppression that they've unintentionally caused you, or maybe intentionally, that you don't want it bad enough. Or sometimes you get so scared that you're just terrified for your life. And again, understandable, but that that's level three scenario. You got to come down to level two and one. And when you are in a situation where you are so severely oppressed by someone and you're so severely captured by someone and you're too scared to let go, I think, first of all, there needs to be a discussion of Iman that needs to come inside your heart. You have got to ask God for help. You really do. And sometimes the people that you're trying to cut off and let go are not people you can cut off and let go. Sometimes they're family. Sometimes it's your own parents. Sometimes it's siblings. And in Islam, you know, good communication and good relationship with your parents and whatnot, that is always, that's an unsaid, you have to have that. Some of the companions, you know, may Allah be pleased with all of them, you know, they had their parents, they didn't agree with Islam and they still had to be kind to them. Some situations where they were literally at war with their parents on the other side, they still had to try their best to, you know, be as Islamically, fill their Islamic obligations when it comes to treating people. So first of all, when you know that you are dealing with someone that you cannot necessarily cut off Islamically, do everything that you know that you're supposed to do as a character of and as a being a Muslim, as a good character, period, and then as being a Muslim Islamically. And let me tell you what that means. That means that after you fulfill every single one of your Islamic obligations on how you treat people, treating them with respect, being kind, not being vulgar, not being abusive, da da da, whatever. After you know you did that and you tried your best to respect him, tried your best to do everything, you kept your intentions, whatnot, 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 and you see that they're still acting out in a certain way, they're oppressing you, hurting you, whatever. The biggest thing that always helps me is I remember that Allah is sufficient for me. That's it. Allah will suffice for you. 
Allah is always there for those that are oppressed, for those that are going through, for those that are heartbroken, for those that are going through bad times, for those that are trying to keep patience but they can't. Allah is there for all of us, period. So when you are being oppressed, you need to remember that the one that is oppressing you is also under Allah. The one that is oppressing you is also going to be questioned by Allah. And the one that is oppressing you will also have to answer to Allah. So just as much as power as they may seem to have right now on this earth, they are not necessarily free. Freedom is a very interesting discussion that I guess I'll just throw in here real quick. What exactly is freedom? A lot of people have different different definitions of freedom. You hear about freedom from political leaders. You hear about freedom from presidents. You hear about freedom everywhere. You hear that, oh, this is a free country. This is a free place. What is actual freedom? Freedom is being able to not sit there and roam around, do whatever you want, however you want, wherever you want. Freedom is the freedom that you feel inside, not the thing that's tangible that you hold on the outside. A lot of people think that freedom is literally being bare and just running around, doing whatever you want, getting whatever you want, stealing, having fun, being with whoever you want, like just living your life to according to what you want. This is freedom on the outside. But when you live like that, what happens is inside you are trapped by the concept of being free to your own concept of freedom does that make sense when you are on the outside doing all that you want living your life the best way your heart is still trapped to the concept of freedom to what you feel like is desirable for you in that moment and what is desirable for you right now may not be desirable for you 10 years later but now that you have captured your heart and captured your well-being into this freedom it's very difficult to escape so once again you are a prisoner a lot of people also think that living in the accordance of what the law says in regards to this worldly life is freedom because you are able to do whatever you want i live in the u.s you know you could do whatever you want however whatever laws put in place abide to them freedom now again you're about to some law and if you break the law you're gonna go then again prison jail done right what is freedom i'm gonna tell you what i think freedom is i think freedom is submission to allah People hear that they're like, oh, how is that freedom? You know, you're following Allah's commandments. Allah says, you're not understanding. When I follow what God says, my heart is free. My heart is free. I am, it feels like you have paradise in your heart because you are not forced to abide by what other people want you to abide by. You are not forced to abide by the standards that consecutively constantly change. And you are not forced to abide by what your desires want. Your desires don't want good for you. There's a lot of cases where you want things and what you want is actually not good. And I've talked about that quite a lot. That a lot of times your desires are out here to get you more than you think they are. You know, a lot of people, they love to fulfill their desires and they're like, oh, you know, you only live once. I'm going to do what I want. And okay, cool, go for it. But you also need to remember that every single time that you fulfill a desire without rationally thinking of whether it's even good for you or not, you're putting yourself in a ditch because you're going to constantly repeat that cycle thinking that if I get the desire that I want, I will be happy. You're not rationally looking at the fact of whether that desire you want is even good for you. You don't even know if it's good for you. So many people want drugs. So many people have the desire for drugs. Does that mean drugs is good for you? No, it's not. So your desires don't always want good for you. So freedom comes in the sense that when you know that absolutely everything that I do will be aligned to what God says. And while that may seem like there is no concept of freedom within this because, you know, you're in a you're in the rules of what God says. What this unconsciously does is that you start to make a lot more better decisions, rational decisions that not only set you free from what society expects from you, but also sets you free from your desires. And then you're going to align those decisions towards your free will, towards what God wants. And what happens when God wants? God will open up the heart to whatever you wish. He will help you. He will guide you. If it's good for you, of course, he will help you get to those goals if it's good for you.
So it's a win. So anyway, coming back to really the previous topic of fear of fearing, realize that a lot of times when you put yourself in that condition, you're like, oh, I'm going to be scared. I am going to get scared. You are going to get scared because already you put your mind in that position. So you're in the bracket of getting scared. So now that you've set yourself up to get scared, when you are scared, you're like, oh, I knew it. I told you this would happen. Yeah, yeah, you're right because you made it line up that way. So many times when I'm in situations where I don't know what's going to happen, there's a lot of situations in my life where I'm like, what's going to happen? Because me, just like everyone else, I don't know. I've talked to lots of girls who are very concerned on how they're going to get married. When are they going to get married? There's some people that have someone to get married to and they don't have the finances for it. And then there's some people that, you know, that they got hurt or whatnot. Like my situation is that <laughs> I'm dry. Like there's, I don't even, I, I, I'm, there's nothing for me here. You know what I'm saying? Like people think that if you have a podcast, just, I'm just going to address this out here. People think that if you have a podcast and like, you know, people listen to your podcast and like your DMs are popping from you know, like opposite gender or like you get asked more. I can assure you that's not the case. <laughs> I can assure you that's not the case at all. This is an awkward discussion. I don't know how we got here. But a lot of times people have this misconception that, oh, you have a podcast. So, you know, one time this actually happened in my discord where some girls were like, hey, do you know any guys to like for me to get married to? Do you know like any good dudes that are like this, this, this? You know, we're relying on you. You have a podcast. Like, don't you know people? <laughs> no my dms are dry like my dms are just girls basically like you know girls it's it's good with the girls but like when it comes in regards to guys it's dry and my life itself in regards to who i'm gonna marry whom i'm looking dry nothing here right like there's not even there's not even muslim guys here my age anyway so it's the situation's dry i don't know what i'm gonna do when my time comes but i don't think about it because i'm like eh, god will find a way right so I don't worry about those things anymore. Now, if I chose to sit here and worry about it, I would constantly be in fear. What if I get doxxed with someone bad? What if I get married to someone who's a bad person? What if this happens to me? What if I fail my education? What if I don't get a good degree? What if I end up in a dead end and I hate the job and I'm going to school for eight years and I hate it? I don't think about it. And the way that I've gotten myself to that condition is today's stress is enough for today. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I don't have to worry about what's the day after that. I tell myself today's stress is enough for today. Tomorrow, you can think about that. And I also tell myself that, you know, majority of the time, you're not even, who knows if you're even going to live to see that day. I know that's hard to hear. I know it's not the best thing to say, but it's true. Sometimes you get so consumed in over planning that you don't forget to actually live, which is what a lot of my life has went by. Overly planning, overly planning. And I've noticed that the more that you try to plan and the more that you try to have a control over the situation, the more you get scared, the more you get hurt, and the more things go out of control. I was talking to someone today on the phone, and they were telling me how if things don't work out, they're just like, Astaghfirullah, may Allah protect this, and not, nothing like this happened to anyone. They were like, oh, what's the point of me living if things don't go my way? And I'm like, well, who said things won't go your way? And I always like to, I, I hate it before when people brought up points like that. Like, well, what if it goes good? What if things do go? I'm like, shut up. Like, don't, don't hit me with that one. But now that I'm older, I definitely feel the same. Because I feel like we are so caught up in the ifs and the buts and the fear. And like, oh my God, what if this happens? But what if things actually do go right? And when they do go right, 
imagine you saying thank you to God for those things. You know what I'm saying? What I started doing was instead of fearing fear and instead of fearing this not working out, this not working out, what I think in my brain now is, wow, imagine when this works out. And I think of creative ways that I'll thank God for it. I'm like, oh my God, and when this works out, you know, inshallah, like I'm going to, you know, do this, do this. And obviously you should always be in a state of gratitude even beforehand. But I switched my mindset to think like, oh, I can't wait till this works out. Look, I'm going to make sure I pray an extra enough of a prayer just to say thank you to God for this. You know what I'm saying? Like, Think about what you're going to do when things line out. When I pass this test, think about the party that I'm going to throw. When I pass this test, think about what I'm going to tell my parents, how their reaction will be. Think about the cause and effect when things work out right, not when it works out wrong. Because when it works out wrong and you constantly invest your energy in that, you're going to start to get fear. Fear brings anxiety. It brings depression. It brings everything. It brings everything bad. And that's exactly why God tells us, don't fear anyone else except him. When you fear only God, you will get inshallah only good things the affair of the believer is always 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 good so you should not ever belittle yourself or think that oh my god what's gonna happen oh my god how will i make this work don't worry about it it's not for you to worry about either quite frankly allah never says stress worry figure out no he just says just trust me god just tells you to trust him and leave the rest and that is something that i feel like if you start to put it in your life things will change a lot for you realize that your freedom comes from realizing that you shouldn't be fearing anyone except god when you fear people you fear situations you fear these things they have a control over you and a limited human being, a limited situation on this dunya should not be able to have a control over you when you should only be fearing a higher power, which is unlimited and infinite in knowledge, which is God. And I hope that that put some things into perspective and some things for you to think about. If you know that you're in a situation of danger, of fear, of panic, remember that God is always, always sufficient. I just keep re repeating that over and over and telling myself over and over like whatever's going to happen, God decided it. It's not me. God decided it. So let's just write it out and bear that God trust that trust God bear that God will do the right thing for you. Trusting God and, you know, just letting go is a lot better than panicking every single day of your life. Condition yourself to trust God. It's the best thing that you can do. I hope that this discussion was helpful. I hope that all of you are safe and well. I hope that you guys are happy as well because that's a big one. But I think I will definitely close the episode off on this note. I'm definitely going to be trying to upload a lot more episodes, inshallah, soon. You know, I'm just caught up with school and whatnot. But I hope you guys are good. Assalamualaikum.